welcome to the Movie Overload Podcast, the podcast where we overload you with movies. I think last week I said the movie where we overload you with movies. And I was like, oh, I didn't even catch myself because I was so like... Oh, but you need to go all the way. The movie where we overload you with podcasts. Exactly. Oh, yeah. man, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> Has there been a movie about podcasts yet? I, I don't know. Probably. Uh, I, there, I know the so the new Halloween, not Halloween Kills, mm. but the Halloween remake that came out a couple years ago started off with a couple of podcasters huh. tracking down Michael Myers nice. to make a podcast about it, okay. inadvertently so, causing the entire so movie's sore. plot to happen. Nice. Okay, that's pretty good. There's going to be like a, an awkward, horrible Joe Rogan biopic in like 10 oh, years. Oh, <laughs> No, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, that will be something I'm not looking no, forward to. I, I don't know. To. Hopefully that won't actually be a true uh, prediction. I... That would be funny if it was. Well... Uh, but we're not here to talk about uh, other people's... We, no, we aren't here weird, to talk about weird, anything. And weird people. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about the thing. Also, there's only two of us. <laughs> yeah. Say hello. may have noticed. Uh, so uh our our good friend uh Candace Popcorn uh got too overloaded with movies and yeah. uh came down with some sort of uh something An ailment ailment uh sickness of the body. We we don't think it's the B the big V. A misbalancing big, of the humors. Uh, yeah. Uh no, just an overabundance <laughs> of yellow bile. <laughs> Uh, I've been thinking about that ever since I watched uh, The Last Duel. I think it was. Yep. Think that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good one. I enjoyed that bit of medieval medicine yes. uh, trivia that they threw in there that I remembered from my literature class. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, there was a thing. Uh, but no, uh, so it's just it's it's just me, uh, Aiden, and and, and me. Still Hunter. And we are here... 54 episodes later. 54 episodes in to talk about John Carpenter's The Thing. Heck yeah. The movie where things happen. And every time you mention this movie to someone, the first thing they say is, like, what thing, though? <laughs> like, yeah, you, you're watching The Thing? Oh, The Thing 2011. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, you're playing the thing video game? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I kind of remember that that existed while sort of thinking about this movie and being like, wow, that was strange that that was a thing. Hmm. It's very odd. Though, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sad. I, I think my first interaction with anything uh, related to the thing was watching a YouTube video and he's talking about the remake and mm-hmm. how they made super elaborate special effects, practical effects that got plastered over with CGI after what? the first. Yeah. So they oh. made the whole movie with practical effects with some like CG add-ins. And then the studio is like, this won't sell. And they completely replaced all the effects they had already paid for and wow. wound up producing just a movie that no one, Mm-hmm. can find any enjoyment in. Yeah, because I was looking at the reviews for it, and at least a few people at the top are like, 
the the parts that are not terrible CG effects of this movie are kind of okay sometimes. Yeah. And it has my wife, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I want to kind of give it something, some credit. Well, yeah, but, and it's mm. it's not a it's not a terrible idea because it is a prequel. Yeah. Uh, and you could still play around and do some fun things yeah. with this like sure. quasi remake, but you can change around the plot elements to still allow it to be suspenseful and surprising. Mm-hmm. And and the original thing wasn't that big of a success either when it right. first came out. It yeah. it bombed. Everyone hated it. Critics hated it. Audiences hated it. Uh, it was seen as just um, gory right. and violent um, and nihilistic for the sake of it. And I kind of mentioned that. I guess I can also say I watched the movie this time with the commentary on. So I heard John Carpenter and Kurt Russell talking about the movie for the whole runtime. And yeah, they talk about that sometimes being how just like, yeah, it came out. And I think people just weren't used to seeing movies with that level of body horror, I guess. Yeah. If you could even call it that. I guess it is that. Yeah. Yeah. Just the extreme disfigurement. The goopy. Human body. Slimy puppets. Yeah, just like all of that stuff. And I think, yeah, it was so upsetting to very many people that they were just like, yep, this movie sucks. And only later it was like, wait. Now that this is a little bit more normal, this movie's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Generally, I mm-hmm. think most people don't like to be scared. Yes. I think most people who are really into horror movies that aren't just like teenagers, like my mom, who w- w- told me the story on several occasions that she used to really love horror movies. Then she saw A Nightmare on Elm Street couldn't sleep for a couple nights and she's like i don't actually hmm. like this and she hasn't watched the horror movie since hmm. interesting and so like teenagers get into it i think for the like taboo nature of ooh, these are scary movies yeah but most people who are really big horror fans i don't think they find a lot of the, their movies frightening or, or they are the type of people who like being scared mm-hmm. and have like pushed themselves to the limit and are like God, I wish I could find something that freaked me out again. Yeah. And like, and with these ones, like he, he also mentioned how this is the first in this supposed like apocalypse trilogy. Mm. And I was like thinking about those because I've seen all those as well. Because that's Thing, Prince of Darkness, Darkness. and... At, M- ma- at the Math of Madness. Math of Madness. Yes, I've seen all those. And I think with maybe the exception of Prince of Darkness, they all end pretty depressingly. Um the Prince of Darkness ends pretty ends. depressing. Okay, right? I couldn't remember exactly yeah. how that one ended, but I know in the Math of yeah. Madness definitely also ends very strangely. <laughs> Prince of Darkness almost, so it ends uh, and you're like, oh, they're good. Okay. And then you see the dream, the end of the uh, dream from the okay. beginning, and you're like, oh, actually it didn't work, right. and we're all okay. screwed. That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah, because I was remembering like, they kind of succeed at what they're generally aiming mm-hmm. at doing. They almost fail, but they actually end up, end up doing it. And then, yeah, I remember there being another dream sequence, so I couldn't remember what the implication was. But yeah, so there's no, there's really no, like, positive feeling that you would get out of any of those movies. It's all pretty bleak. So, you know, and especially with the very ambiguous ending of the thing, it's just like, what? That's the end? Okay. Yeah. I think it's great. Oh, yeah. Many other people think it's great, but, like... It didn't yeah. land with people at the time, yes. and then people really picked it up, and it's, I think, on our list, one of the earlier examples of 
a cult film. Like last week we did Blade Runner, which is another one True. that uh, didn't really perform well, but after the fact really got picked up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is like in the 80s, we have VHS and Betamax and yeah. home video. <laughs> and people are now able to own movies and take ownership over movies. And I think that allows for like cult movies to exist in a way that they never really did before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like most of the movies early on that we covered, like Night of the Hunter and I don't think Seven Samurai was one, but I, I, I remember just looking at the actual box, box office receipts and they none of the like most prestigious movies that we've covered apart from maybe like Citizen Kane really performed that well in terms of like sales. Yeah. They've true. just were good movies and wound up picking up a following afterwards mm-hmm. and gaining prestige. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I just Indeed. think that the thing mm-hmm. is and the the movies that come about in the 80s are just a bit more fun in that regard because they're much they come across as much less pretentious. Yeah. Because, because the thing isn't it's it is saying things about the deeper human condition mm-hmm. and about like politics and uh different deeper things, but mm-hmm. also uh it it's it's so goopy. Like Yes. It's right. <laughs> so much. Yeah. And like I mean, it was kind of funny watching it again and seeing how sort of sparse all that actually is like it's mm-hmm. very just kind of it's on screen at a moment for like a minute or two and then it's yeah. just kind of gone it's like, a slow build. and then you get the a lot of the space in between of the, yeah the waiting and it really is a lot of the tension but boy when when the goopy bits are on there oh boy they're on there oh my goodness <laughs> it's like i had forgotten a lot of the details i haven't watched this movie in couple years at mm-hmm. least at this point mm-hmm. i watched it in a small theater at my college when they were they had for their film studies they had a they were doing like a john carpenter class Ooh. and they were screening a lot of the movies yeah and they would let people they like students got in for free but other people could come in and watch uh-huh. them for a small you know entrance mm-hmm. fee and uh so i and friend of the pot keely would go and watch a lot of them. And that's how I watched a lot of John Carpenter movies. And it was really cool. Yeah. Um, so I did that, which was a good first experience, but I've not watched it since then. I was going to say something and then I kept talking about that. <laughs> um, I, for, Oh yes, yes. I always fondly remembered the effects of the, the creatures and things and the things that they do to people in this movie and it being really great. And then got to the dog bit in the movie. And I'm like, wow, I forgot how upsetting that actually is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of get it. Well, and John Carpenter isn't afraid to just go for it sometimes. Yeah. Like Assault for Precinct 13. Uh, I, I re on Precinct 13. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been watching a bunch of them because of podcasts that I've been listening nice. to. has been covering right. them. So I've just been watching them. I want to watch uh, more anyway. So. In Assault on Precinct 13, like one of his first couple movies 
I think it's his second movie, and the first one is just an ex- expansion of his student film hmm. that he made with the writer of Alien. Hmm. Uh, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a trash fire. The movie, uh, it's it's a real shambles. But Darn. Assault on Precinct Thirteen <laughs> goes right in, and you see a child murdered on screen, oh. which is just something you you don't see. Yeah, that's not really a thing. I think for reasons. Well, More yeah, right. because it's it's not terribly fun. No, <laughs> it's not like oh, this mm. is a fun action. This is fun violence. This is yeah, someone kicking someone in the face and like shooting guns and uh-huh. saying catchy phrases. Mm. It's oh, that's that's bad. Yeah. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And then this has the dog. <laughs> dog which isn't isn't a dog but you do see it it kill several other dogs Mm -hmm. and then explode into goo yeah like its face like splits open into like four sections or something and it's just like oh cool that that happened it's just like got a big hole now and it just happens Uh. and yeah. The way that the effects are implemented, you're looking at this dog and you don't even realize that it's a fake dog face. You, in your yeah. mind, you just see the dog rip open its own face. Yeah. He was like talking in the commentary about how like there's a couple shots of it just dead on where it's a fake dog anyway before it transforms. Oh. And how in the dark, like they had to keep it dark so that you couldn't tell as much or because like the light would sort of make the fake fur more noticeable so you've already seen it for a couple times and then yeah it's just like looking straight in the camera and then its face just and i'm like well and then yeah it's just like spraying the other dogs with goo sometimes and they're like and i think they do a good job of like also having the other dogs like freaking out Uh uh-huh eventually like they're kind of barking at it at first and then after that they're just like oh god I need to yeah, not be in this cage anymore. In the corner, the one that's like tearing at the fence and like actually like <sighs> ripping a hole in the metal wiring of the fence is like, oh no. Yeah. And anyway, they all get wasted eventually. Oh my goodness! Some of them get axed later. Well, and fire. So yeah, flamethrower right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like those flamethrowers in this movie. Yeah. So because we start in with the movie, we see people in a helicopter shooting at a dog. I was going to call it a cold open, and then I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cold very open. <laughs> Oops. Anyway, I did it anyway. Uh, yeah, but it is. It's good, though. Because then you're like, what the heck is happening? Why are they shooting this? Why is he flying a helicopter shooting at a dog? And then you find yeah. out. And they wind up getting shot because they shoot uh, one of the people at <laughs> the research facility we start at. I guess the guy with the gun was like an assistant director and uh, Kurt Russell's at the time brother-in-law. Interesting. Which was sort of interesting. Huh. Random trivia from the commentary. Yeah, That's all I have. I think right after that, we're introduced to Kurt Russell mm-hmm. playing chess against the computer. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. He's yeah, I think it is him, yeah. Sitting up in the tower and then It is funny the way they use computers in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they had computer chess at that time. Maybe they did. Oh, but it, it was a def- special chess computer it said. Uh, right. 
But then later there's some other things that's like, yeah, that's very just, it's good for exposition sometimes, but Computer. they sure didn't do that. And they kind of still don't. Well, it was very funny. It's fun. He loses and he pours whiskey in it because <laughs> he's like, no. This sucks. Just uh, sad. Oh, I lost. Well, I'll blow it all up. Exactly. Then we <laughs> both lose. We all lose. <laughs> Dominance uh, over technology. It's yeah, and when we see the the facility that the guys in the helicopter came from, it's it's burnt yeah. up, and they find the the hole in the ice, the little ice thing that melted out, and then mm-hmm. the burnt corpse of the alien thing yeah. mid transformation. Awesome, and it, we don't get that great a look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Like when they have it on the table, and they're all just like. This is terrible. Yeah, it's just kind of a weird mass of shapes, and you can't really get a good look at it. But they do occasionally give you a good shot of the like the face that's the like face sort that's of like, split. Yeah, and like that's really great because you can just like see the eyes in there that are like that look sort of horrified almost as it's yeah. happening, and it's just like, oh, cool. Thanks. It's great. It is, like it. and not. On this rewatch, I completely missed the fact, I forgot the fact that they actually go to the spaceship. Mm-hmm. Like they f- fly out, they find the spaceship that's been ex- excavated in like just matte paintings, which yep. I'm not I'm not used to matte paintings anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have matte paintings anymore. They look really good. Because CG, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> even though they don't look very quote unquote realistic, mm-hmm. they're so pretty. Yeah, like I don't remember seeing that before and being like, oh yeah, that's painting. <laughs> I just kind of see it and like it really is convincing enough still that I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Like it I, is. I could tell that it was a painting yeah. because it's stylized, mm-hmm. but I really enjoy that stylization. Yeah. I said, yeah, like that big like overlook shot, but there was even like, I think a shot like in the, the VHS tape that they watch. Of yeah. the like when you see the big crater and the guys kind of standing at the edge of it all around. I think they said that was a matte painting too. Mm. And like, yeah, they, they use those quite a bit with the saucer. Yeah. Uh, and then not really for the, the the rest of the movie is yeah. is pretty grounded. Yeah, it's all mostly indoors or right around the, the base camp and that's kind of it. So Yeah, and I was so I was noticing the thing I noticed the most in the movie was the lighting mm-hmm. because this movie doesn't look like, like any other movie. Yeah. It's really good. A lot of it I think was just lit by like road flares huh. and flares, like all the okay. red mm-hmm. that you get in the outside is, is flares. And then you have the actual like lights that you see in frame. Mm-hmm. And that's like it. Like it's all, Mm-hmm. contextual lighting which yeah. i think works so well in horror movies yeah. it's really good and i think they mentioned that there are some blue lights especially at the nighttime thing which he mm. said was like airport like yeah lights to get the weird the interesting like extra blue texture and also yeah just like the contrast that they're able to get sometimes of just like really bright white snow and also just like perfect darkness at the same time in different shots and like they they do that really well <laughs> it works really great i i just i i it struck me so much this mm-hmm. last time mm-hmm. 
it's such a unique look and and energy. I think mm-hmm. I appreciate that even more than a lot of the practical effects mm-hmm. because I experience the practical effects for this film completely decontextualized from this film hmm. watching YouTube videos as a kid. Uh, uh, I didn't have that much of an experience, but I did. I do remember looking in a, a book about movies mm-hmm. as a kid and seeing just like a frame of the uh, the one that's like his head on like a big snaky yes, tentacle yes. thing that's like up in the air and being like, wow, that's upsetting and <laughs> not engaging with that. Like looking at it long enough to be like, that's from the thing. Okay, goodbye. I am gone. Uh, I am eight years old and I do not want to see it. <laughs> there was a book at my library that was a special effects book. Oh, uh, cool. And it was it was. It was not a picture book, but in the middle, you know, in some of those older books where they'd have like a section in the middle that was just like color photographs, mm-hmm. uh, they had that and I'd flip through it and they had a whole section on the thing and I'd see all the shots from that nice. apart from one that was half obscured because on the page that it was, so it was two-sided, on one page was the thing and on the other page was pictures from the film Species Hmm. And someone had cut out the the picture of the main alien lady because I think she's nude through oh, like God. 90% of that movie or something. I don't uh, know. I haven't bothered to watch Species. I don't need that in my life. Yeah, I don't think I know that one. Hmm. But it's, yeah, it's like a shape-shifting alien that kills men that is oh. like a Black Widow hmm. type. And they, and they cut out the whole thing and to this day, I am still stuck between two opposing theories. A, the library cut it out because they didn't want nudity in a book. Yeah. Or B, some kid was just like, nudity, right, like, I must cut out and paste on it, my wall. Keep it for myself. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, would, I don't know if libraries would do that. Maybe. I I don't know. I I I've had weird experiences with library mm-hmm. libraries. I had a I was I went to a school in high school uh to do a play specifically. I didn't go to the school, mm-hmm. but I went there during the week to do the plays mm-hmm. and uh I would people would like give me books from the library like the director of the play was also the english teacher hmm. and he'd like loan me books that he thought i might like but he censored them with whiteout like all of the books what? at the school were censored Ugh. and like they they were weird like at the latter half of each of the books you could tell he just got a bit tired and started mit- missing things because you just have like a completely unwhited out bitch just sitting there and then you would well for one is whiteout so you could just hold the page up to light and tell what was under it yeah. pretty easily but he would censor things like, and then she raised her immaculately manicured middle finger. And I'm like, that's that's just gorgeous oh. wordsmithery, oh, though. Okay. Don't censor uh, the, the like. I I assume this was a religious school. It was. Okay, cool. Uh, so makes, with makes my whole sense. childhood, right? Just uh, yeah. you know, you were in that sort of sphere too. Well, sort of, yeah. After, after, yeah. The whole, after the homeschooling thing was the, the normal thing for me for a long time. Oh. And then, you know, coming here to a more populated area and getting with people. And, yeah, just being in the, the religious circles oh, exclusively. 
because that's who a lot of the homeschooling community is. Yep. So you you can there hear, we were. You can hear people say that it's not just religious people in homeschooling. It's not. It's not. But it's mostly it. There's really strong disposition for it. I feel like it's it's a higher rate. I suspect. Uh, yeah. Because they are the ones who are going to be like, the public education system in America sucks for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if it sucks for the reasons that. But they might think it does. But it doesn't suck because it tells kids that evolution happened. Yeah. Uh, and right. that God didn't literally create the world uh, in seven days, a yes. thing that I don't know what exactly you do with scientifically. No. Yet, this they're, is a bit trying. of mythology. Boy, you can... <laughs> boy, we got a lot of that. Yeah. Um, in, anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Oh. But we can. I don't know. Well, oh, let's talk Probably about the for religious the right themes of Ooh, John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to tap into that, so I'd love to hear about it. Well, no, it's <laughs> it's not. So I I'm was just bringing that up. I'm assuming they have to be there. Probably. Like, you can read it a lot of ways. Like, definitely, this is sort of a body snatchers thing where you're like, mm-hmm. is this, like, about communism? Is this about like Americans hmm. being afraid of communism? Because that's a big thing with yeah. like the body snatchers. Sure. Okay. I haven't thought about that. But yeah, just the uh, Cold War era the, paranoia. Right. Yeah. Just the people being having a member of the group that's like, yeah, we're all the same. Right. <laughs> and then one person's a horrible monster. <laughs> so, like a communist. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing that never I've never quite been able to figure out about this movie are the people who become like uh digested by the thing and like become things themselves mm-hmm. do they know that they're a thing according to the the commentary that I listened to uh I think that even the people who made the movie are not really sure about the answer to that question and apparently yeah. that was like a thing that they talked about extensively and it they don't seem to ever come to a conclusion about it. Well, and that's what so. makes it so so fascinating mm-hmm. because it's so unclear because right. the people, there are several points in the film where they're put in situations where they deliberately, the things who are posing as the people deliberately act against their own interests hmm. until like they're physically threatened at which point they defend themselves. But it almost seems like it completely copies the mental state and brain of the person it yeah. does. Like, would it make a difference if they exactly. knew or not? Because they would still act in self-preservation. So, And, of course, they're going to be like, no, it's not me. Because they want to not be put in that situation, most likely. And most of the time, it stays hidden unless threatened. Yeah. Well, but there are sometimes, like, the blood thing. The things obviously right. know that they can uh, tell something with the blood. Mm-hmm. And so someone drains all of the blood storage. Right. But also when True. they're all tied up at the end and uh, have their cells tested and everything, the people who are the things do not give off that impression at all. Like they're completely no, yeah. stone-faced. Mm-hmm. 
and seem completely convinced that they're totally fine. Mm-hmm. Totally good until until they actually get the blood of one who is uh, corrupted, as it were, and then he like goes through the horrific transformation. Yeah. In a sort of amusing sequence. As oh, yeah. he's like doing this horrible transformation with two regular dudes or however many tied up still next to him yeah. on the couch. I'm like, no! Uh-huh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Freaking Kurt up. Russell failing to get his flamethrower to work. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great sequence though. Yeah. It's really, it's a fun, good transformation. And then the, the, the thing just like shoots up to the ceiling for some reason. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> so much uh, and so the scientist so there's one the mm-hmm. older scientist who r- runs the computer systems mm-hmm. he he figures out what the thing is and how it works before everyone else and thanks to his handy computer n- thanks with, to his handy with, computer uh, nice animated graphics and predictive uh things that tell him that it could take over the world just like computers do yeah yeah, no. Yeah, that algorithm that he definitely yes. had already in his software. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Just in case you discover, do they? Does that just come pre-programmed in all right. like exactly? Yeah. North Pole research or Antarctic the, the alien release. apocalypse AI. Like, yeah. if this uh, special thing we found gets exposed to the public, will it kill everyone? Because I mean, yes. you might dig up some mammoth meat and be <laughs> like, "Actually, we caught a disease. Let's see how long it'll take to spread to all of humanity." True, exactly. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but also, yes. it's like at some point, spoilers. It, as if what? Uh, hope hope y'all listening knew that this this podcast we don't we never talk spoilers <laughs> except for this time except for this time no, uh that's not true. he is a thing he oh. is a thing at some at some point he becomes one early in the film he's destroying the p- computer system to make sure oh, yes. that the thing can never get out and because somebody drained all the blood out at some point it means that like they wouldn't a thing wouldn't deliberately like ruin its ability to like get out, would it? Right. And yeah, that's what Unprovoked? I was earlier. I was like, did he drain the blood as one of his sort of like his countermeasures of like preventing yeah. themselves from sort of giving it a means of escape or hiding still? Because he like destroys the radio and the helicopter yeah. and all that to be like, not to be like, ha ha, I'm going to get you. But more of like, I can't let that thing, thing get, away get away from here. Like it dies here mm-hmm. or else we're all globally screwed. Yeah. So at what point does he become a thing? Right. And I mean, he's alone for a lot of the movie yeah. after they sort of uh, get him out of there. Well, and so they... <laughs> They quarantine him off. Mm-hmm. So at some, it must have happened before that point because when they go in there, right. they find out that he's built the spaceship thing out mm-hmm. of spare parts right. to try and escape, <laughs> which is completely opposed to what he was doing previously. True. Yeah, which so is like, in there. and then by the time they deal with him again at the end, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a, a he is a problem more actively. Big stop motion <laughs> monster boy. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good, fun little final confrontation. It's fairly simple, but looks great and has that great, like, rolling under the ground oh, explosion yeah. thing. 
Got that Tremors action going. Yeah. Did Tremors come out? I think it came out after this. Well, like Probably. I'm curious if they... Sometimes people come up with like the same sort of visual concept independently because mm-hmm. it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are inspired by something. And I'm like, did that like inspire the entire movie of Tremors? <laughs> Maybe. Did that like Tremors zip came around out under the ground? In 90. So... Uh... Is that eight years? No. Yeah. So it's not out of yeah, the realm of possibility later, yeah. that, you know, the makers of Tremors. Mm-hmm. They probably saw this movie. Yeah. One would think. How could they not? I mean. I don't know. Had it caught on by then? <laughs> it took a while. I'm trying to figure out exactly. I don't remember when the exact point was. Maybe. But I, yeah, it, it, it's, it makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's good. It's effective. Yeah. And then you get that classic. Fuck you too. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's great. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and so we have all that. I I'm curious. So do you have a favorite incarnation of the thing? Hmm. The dog is really good. Dog is really good. Um and of course, the complete joy of trying to do something with a unconscious man's chest and revive him because of his heart condition, and then the chest opens yeah. up and chomps your arms off mm-hmm. <laughs> is also just like really amusing, which turns into other things. But yeah, they're, they're all pretty fun. They're all very good. I the one that stood out to me the most this last time is is one of the least flashy ones, mm-hmm. which is. I th- the the red haired sort of balding dude. That's kind of what I was thinking out, as well. Outside, yeah. and he just has like the hands mm-hmm. and like the dark eyes, and then they yep. torch him, and that's yeah, it is, it is effective in its relative simplicity because he's also making this horrible screeching horrible noise. noise. Yeah, yeah, but like it clearly is like still kind of getting there. Yeah. I guess. Like, it's not a full body effect yet, like it is with a lot of the later ones. And, yeah, like, it's just, his hands are all weird. And, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's that like great outdoor mm. lighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that that one might hit me a bit harder because for most of the other more flashy effects, like, I think my my perception of, like, movies generally is is kind of completely different than a lot of like older movie nerds who would have or cinephiles who like came around and started doing movie watching before the internet mm-hmm. because I watched more videos made about movies than movies for mm-hmm like a significant part of like my middle school years. Hmm. And so my first exposure to a lot of this was just exposure to movies without actually getting the movies. Mm -hmm. I'd watch those videos that basically walk you through the whole plot while making quote unquote jokes every so often. And Mm -hmm. I'd feel like, oh, I don't need to see that movie. That movie just doesn't look that interesting. And then you watch it and you're like, oh no. So the point of the movie is the vibes. Yeah, like right. the atmosphere, the energy, the mm-hmm. mise en scène. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and like with this, much you, more than just the events of 
what exactly happens, which is true for a lot of movies. It's true for most all movies, mm-hmm. apart from like, I'd say some Marvel movies are basically just like that's true. It's the plot, and here are fun action sequences. <laughs> Me reveling in people freaking out over Eternals being spoiled on Twitter lately. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I haven't even. I I don't Twitter. I I'm uh-huh. I'm. I have not like sought after this. It's just sort of gotten into my realm of people that I follow somehow. Mostly because people that I follow are like, you guys are having meltdowns over this movie that hasn't come out yet sort of getting spoiled and also receiving bad reviews. Come on guys. <laughs> it's very funny to me. Oh my because, goodness. You know, the people that I follow can make fun of those people and then I can yeah. make fun of those people by proxy. I'm sorry, but it's really funny. It's anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> Honestly though, if anybody were to get upset about like the plot of movies being spoiled, it would be Marvel fans mm-hmm. because your first watch of that movie is experiencing the plot first right. and foremost. Yeah. Which is fun sometimes. Which is fun it's sometimes. It's fun to be surprised. But also, there's a lot of movies where you could know the plot and still like watch it. And as long as you are like, you know, watching it, watching it. Yeah. It's like, it's still worth the experience. So, yeah. As proved by this movie. By this movie. And other movies. Which is so much in the atmosphere, the 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 paranoia the the creeping dread and the the build where it's it's so so calm mm-hmm. so still so atmospheric and then it just punches with these bursts of just insanity these mm-hmm. insane visuals the head rolling off growing spider's legs and scampering away yeah like giving you real reason for that tension being like they're not just scared for no reason like there are horrific things that happen yeah <laughs> and just kind of no way of knowing when or how or who and a lot of lower budget thrillers that try and do this paranoia thing can still be effective but they never hit quite as hard after watching the thing because mm-hmm. like the one that comes uh, to mind for me personally it's just a movie that a bunch of people really dig i don't think it's a bad movie it just didn't work for me uh it's uh it comes at night mm. mm-hmm. i still need to see that but yeah definitely a divisive one well and it's, it's for other reasons i think a big part of that was the fact marketing yes. can kind of kill a movie right. uh and that movie was marketed as having like more of a supernatural payoff mm-hmm. than it actually had which it it doesn't it just right. it is one of those thrillers that's just a human confined exactly thing. yeah yeah so i've heard i don't know i think there's like a really fantastic moment in the climax of that movie and the rest of the movie just kind of zoom fades mm. away from me it doesn't like do much gotcha but also uh i was just like oh, mainline just devouring uh korean thrillers at that mm. point in time and that that is a good way to ruin a lot of American thrillers for yourself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just watch really good movies from other places and then cool. like just kind of decent movies from America and you're like, this isn't as impressive to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more Yeah. We uh we throw out a lot of junk. Yeah. 
and it's yeah. it's fine. Good stuff sometimes. It's <laughs> fine, and sometimes movies that just don't work for you just like hit someone just right, and mm-hmm. it just like changes their life, and you're like, that's fine. Yeah, pretty much so. That is good. Got a, I got a lot of five star movies for me that are just kind of random junk. Yeah. <laughs> I. Oh well. I am legitimately curious if I'm the only person who loves the 2021 Candyman. I don't know. I'm sure that there are other people. Uh, yeah. I just, at this point, only seen people who are disappointed. Hmm. And I don't understand that reaction at all. Like, I've heard yeah. them walk through their exact experience. I'm like, I couldn't huh. disagree with you more. I yeah. don't... What? I, I have not seen it myself yet, but I definitely want to. And I have not gotten bad vibes about it but i guess i haven't looked that much into it and of course like i would recommend that everyone see it Mm -hmm. but i also see at this point that's definitely not a bunch of people's jams in a way that i just can't can't experience because i was watching it and through the whole movie i was just like fuck yeah i love this so much this is working for me so hard oh my god this movie and then i walked out and i'm like yeah like in the third act, I was a bit afraid it's gonna go to a to like a place that I was like I don't know. Oh, it kind of faltered in the end for me, and then it just came back nice. and it just knocked it out <laughs> of the park. And cool. I, I'm wondering if it's like the Us thing. Like I, I tried watching Jordan Peele's Us. Yeah, didn't hit for me, but mm-hmm. some people just absolutely loved it, and it right. just worked for them on firing at all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, I it might just be that for me. Just it's, a, it's a pretty okay movie. I also did not completely love yeah. it, but it was fine. Some movies are just like that. Mm-hmm. Some movies are uh, Tatain or or something like that, where, uh, where where some people like I don't love it as much as some people do, yeah. but like I know I I know you were kind of like ah. on Tatain. Oh yeah, um, yeah. We watched that. Yeah, we did. It was, it was pretty interesting. I don't know. That movie's just a lot. It is and a lot. And it was just, you know, I I don't know. It was good. I liked it. I didn't, I didn't like, super vibe with it. But I was glad I saw it. Yeah. I did not dislike it, certainly. Well, yeah. But yes. I think the stronger the choices that are made, mm-hmm. the more divisive. Yeah, for sure. Think oh, yeah. There's definitely some stuff in that movie that certain people will see and be like uh nope <laughs> nope or completely checked out show it to my grandma yeah she will die if she watches it yeah <laughs> I, yeah i just i i I, uh, I like i like certain types of movies and yes. so i am uh going to make sure that our uh regular host of the podcast who is out sick this week does watch this movie at some point yes. and gives me thoughts right. because that is exactly the type of person that I don't know exactly how they'll react to, but I yeah. think it'll be more interesting. Like, Squidward has watched upsetting movies before yeah. and been okay. Like, yeah, well, I yeah. mean, you, you should have seen them after uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. Like three episodes of Midnight Diner later, they seem to be I, okay. <laughs> right. And I don't think that this is on that level of, like, just 
pure just like misery the whole time yeah it's still like it's pretty bleak obviously it's pretty down but like i don't know i don't feel like it's on the same level as as texas chainsaw texas chainsaw is is a viscerally distressing movie yeah and like that's the whole point of just it just being like once you get to that point just being like extremely upsetting the whole time and this is just like this is close enough to a regular hollywood movie yeah like i think uh John Carpenter in his in his commentary it was like saying how it's like at the time it came out probably would have been like just a nice weird horror movie and that now it's just like it's almost more of an action movie yeah <laughs> like with just weird monsters well, in it 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 has it has a lot yeah going there it's it's mm-hmm. I would consider it a thriller yeah uh I and a lot of those genre distinctions are really arbitrary. Right. Yeah. It's uh, very hand wavy. Yeah. I, I've mm-hmm. had people who are like, no, horror movies are just movies with like supernatural elements or oh. where like the fear comes from a supernatural source and thrillers are from like a grounded source. Big and, disagree. <laughs> well, and that's the thing because <laughs> I, I think, think a lot of movies people would be considered thrillers or movies that people consider straight dramas are are can be legitimately horrifying mm-hmm. and my my definition is very broad yeah. it and it's either like something that falls under the aesthetics of horror or produces emotions that like bring up a feeling of horror yeah. and i think that the thing is really interesting because it works on both levels mm-hmm. it has like the fantastical frightening imagery but it right. also has the human tension and the fear and paranoia from other people. Yeah. It's definitely different. Like a lot of things don't tap into that or don't try to tap into that because that's just not what they're going for. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's just more straightforward than that and is just kind of one or the other. But then, yeah, this just sort of effortlessly does both at the same time. It's, yeah, it's very good. It's a good time. Well, yeah, genre is sort of meaningless to some degree what yeah it what it it's all very subjective i think what it functioned for at a point was marketing mm-hmm. you know because right. you have to if know you're in the mood for people your movie is yeah it's easier to sell like music and movies to people when they have to actually physically go out and rent it from the video store mm-hmm. if you can put it in a category that says these are the movies that are frightening. Yeah. These are the movies that you watch with your squish. Yes. These are the movies where a, a, a big person shoot gun go ag. You know? <laughs> yep. It's easier to sell, but I think along with music, genre in film has become much more of a a consideration for like play as mm-hmm. opposed to like a hard and fast uh yeah. distinctor in the internet because we have at this point with streaming services in both like music and film mm-hmm. nobody tends to pay physical money to watch a specific thing mm-hmm. and so the the actual things that sell the movie are less the genre and more the specific qualities of whatever that music or movie tends right. to be. Yes. 
and you know you get different types of movies because of that those different pressures you don't have mm-hmm. to like uh horror movies one of the things i don't like about horror movies personally uh we don't have that problem in this but in like a lot of them i don't like sleazy horror movies yeah like i can really appreciate mm-hmm. john waters style like provocative filth like using taboo content for a purpose mm-hmm. but like i can't really get on board with sleaze yeah where not... where okay you're <laughs> in a you're in a horror movie mm-hmm. you're in a friday the 13th movie sure. and you follow a girl into the bathroom and she takes off her top uh, and then you cut somewhere else yeah and you have you have just nudity and sexuality they're just to sell tickets. Sure. Yes. That makes sense. And as, mm. especially when it's it's less than less than useful and behind yeah. the scenes you have uh less than the amount of trust you need in the creative team right. to be able to think that no, like these people are being treated properly and they definitely aren't being like kind of coerced into this. Yeah. Like they might be totally fine with it or they might've just been like railroaded into it because they yeah. like contracted out and saying, Oh yeah, you could, I can do a topless scene. They're like, actually we want you to do full nudity. I don't yeah. really want to do it. We'll just do a take. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have to sign this contract agreeing to it afterwards. <laughs> so the movie can be released, yeah. but no pressure. It's just your paycheck on the line here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense and gives the perhaps the genre as a whole a sort of a bad rap for, yeah. for sort of good reason, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not as much of an issue now. Well, exactly. With newer movies coming out. I don't hear about it at least. Because I think that that branding of horror mm-hmm. has kind of faded over time. Yeah. And with the internet and everything, like... If someone wants to see nudity, they go on Google.com <laughs> yeah. and say nudity. Really easy, yeah. Google image. Like right. it's it's not nearly as sellable. And I think that's really that that is really a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like you still get some stuff where like they sell they in the, like the two thousands especially they'd sell on specific like people mm-hmm. having like small amounts of nudity or something to try mm-hmm. and sell the movie, but. I think that's been happening less and less. I'm just so happy for that because I thoroughly appreciate horror movies like the thing that like are, are able to play with a bunch of the genre stuff and not have to worry about it being like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a gross thing that I don't, I wish wasn't in the movie, but it's there and I just Mm -hmm. kind of have to deal with it. Have to take the good bits, enjoy the good bits of the movie and just recognize this is problematic. Right. Yeah. It's always annoying when you have to do that, but yeah, it's there. Yeah. Good Very to enjoy good. things. Yes. I like enjoying John Carpenter movies and I need to see more of them. Yeah. Well, what John Carpenter movies have you seen? Uh, this. Yeah. Uh, they live. Yes. The mouth of madness. I just watch the Prince of darkness. Movies. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Halloween? No, ah. <laughs> like I yeah the big one. <laughs> I still Why, haven't so I, seen. I watched that for the first time last month. Not gonna lie. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Uh, and yes, it's interesting. I I'm a big 
it's a bit interesting that uh, we have the thing on our list as opposed to Halloween, because yeah. the thing, the Halloween was like a box office sensation that mm-hmm. sparked off a lot of, well, basically sparked off the American slasher craze. Right. Like there's a bunch of contributing factors, but that movie was made for like no money, and made so much money. Yeah. Like it's probably single-handedly why John Carpenter had as long a career as he did. Because for all of his movies afterwards underperforming to the extent that they did, mm-hmm. like he he made Halloween. Yeah. And then he would occasionally make a movie that was like pretty profitable. He'd make a Christine, he'd make a Starman, mm-hmm. and he could like coast through. Yes. Uh turns out the only one that I have also seen was Big Trouble in Little China. Nice. That I had not already list. So I've only seen five, which it felt like more for some reason, but what? It was okay. It was a decent number. Well, five is a decent number of films. I. It's so weird looking back on like directors that have been working for 20, 30, 40 years, and you see how many films they've made. And then you look at modern directors, and you look at their filmographies, and you're like, oh, I really like this person. What else have they done? And they've right. like released two other movies, and you're like, yeah, wow, that's a lot. Kind of like just starting yeah, or sometimes, yeah. Yeah. God, yeah. I can't imagine like people that like care about now having like that many projects under their belt oh, yeah. <laughs> by the time they're like 80 jeez yeah how old's this guy yeah i've been curious for a while it has there actually been like a decrease in the amount of films that people like directors today tend to make i think it probably just depends on the Average. person but i'm not sure like i can't quite tell it feels like there's less now. Like yeah. I don't think of that many modern directors that are that prolific. Yeah. Or like, and I guess it just depends on the person, I guess. But like, I don't know. I feel like most of the ones that I would think of now who've been working for like a couple decades are mm. pretty consistent. Mm. Like if you look at the backlogs for like, I don't know, I'm thinking just like the more popular consistent directors like, say a christopher nolan Mm -hmm. like dude's been like cranking out a movie Mm -hmm. like every two three years like since his Mm -hmm. first thing came out like it's been yeah pretty on there uh our recent boy uh uh also Mm. fairly consistent okay like the last 20 years or so and like you know with filmographies that are like yeah mm, 15 ish 10 15 movies i don't know yeah. probably of like good legit feature length i don't know which i feel like is all right it's a pretty yeah. good amount it's but it's honestly it's not that bad when when i think about it it's not terrible yeah. it's just i think the directors that like started in the 2000s are really starting to hit their stride right. now yeah like christopher nolan edgar wright mm-hmm. uh guillermo del toro people like that they, they've had a decent body of work built up i'm just curious what directors from our current wave will still be working in like right 20 years mm-hmm. is ari aster gonna have like 15 movies under his belt in like 20 years <laughs> yeah is jordan peele ever gonna make uh like i i think he has one more movie coming out is he gonna mostly focus on producing though or right. is he gonna keep on making things like uh-huh. I think the movie, the next movie he's making is like called Nope or something. I think I probably saw that at some point. I forgot about that. Oh, no. It has some sort of amusing title of a thing that mm. like 
a, a modern person would expect someone in a horror movie to just say they open right. the door to the basement. They're like, nope, nope, nope. bad. I'm, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I'm looking forward to stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's still fun to look forward to. Look forward to things. Look forward to things. It's good. Chill. Good. Do we have any other thoughts? Um, I don't think I have any more thoughts necessarily. I didn't. I was trying to think if there was any more of my random bits of trivia that I picked up from the movie. Mm. That might be amusing. I was telling. I was passing by. Oh, uh, uh, Hannah, former uh, former member of the pod, Hannah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> earlier, and being like talking about some of it because there's a part where like Kurt Russell's like, I was interesting working on this movie because there were no women involved basically mm. like obviously the cast has no women in it but he was even saying on the production side she was like there was only like one woman on for a little mm. bit and she was pregnant and so for that reason had to drop out part way through but then it was funny because he was like yeah it was interesting making the movie with no women because like there was no one to like posture for or like like trying to impress i guess and i was just like oh <laughs> fucking All dudes right. in the 80s <laughs> yeah it's like i guess that may have been how they thought about it at the time but i was just like all right that's kind of it's kind of strange uh, it, oh well it's a different mindset yeah that's that's a bit like oh well that's a bit that's a bit unfortunate it's a bit unfortunate yeah. that yeah. that's kind of where it was it wasn't like no it's it's is weird that this movie didn't have any female contributors because you know that's like a whole part of the human experience you're just right. arbitrarily <laughs> not including in your story yep. uh in any capacity and it's like no it's it's more because like we didn't have anyone looking at us and we didn't have anyone to impress yeah that, it just was <laughs> sort of strange it's just like all right very weird take but all right uh yeah i don't know there's there's more stuff in there it's a pretty good commentary track i don't know it's sort of fun some weird little bits uh it was interesting the amount of times that they referenced the first time that this story got adapted oh yeah and i forget the year that that came out it was what, the thing from another world thing from another world yeah. yeah um like he was saying that like the opening title was sort of an homage to that and the fact that it yep. comes out of ice yeah well so in halloween that. when you watch it because you will soon I probably uh, watch it this month. They actually pl- watch the thing from another planet on the thing. Um, and I thought that they were uh, playing the title se- sequence mm-hmm. from the thing yep. on the TV screen because it's like the title sequence for that is exactly the same. Yep. So that was very deliberate, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, it also slaps. Like, mm-hmm. it's good. It oh, slaps. It's yeah, totally. From what I understand, it's a completely different movie and that this is really closer to the original story- short story. Yes. They did mention that as well. Yeah. But. That's cool. Yep. Good things. Could also say it's a fun a fun fact that this movie was probably a large inspiration of the twenty nineteen sleeper hit video game Among Us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's important information that the people need to hear. I mean it they do need to release a patch to Among Us because that, that game is turns still relevant. you into a John Carpenter creature that consumes people. Oh man, no. I mean, you kind of do. Some of those, you know. (laughs) I'm going to talk about Among Us like it still matters. Sure. Yeah. It still matters. Uh No, No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I think we're done. 
We've been about recording for about an hour. Okay. Very good. That's fine. We miss our third member who I really wanted to hear from about this movie, but hopefully we'll get there another Every point. time, every time. Spooky movie. Yeah. And and on a, it so far. In a couple months we're gonna do Evil Dead Two and it yeah. they'll find some way to slip out of it again. No. We, what are we doing next? I can't remember. Oh, that is a good question. Uh, you find it while I oh. go through the spiel, oh. uh, which is yeah. to find us on social media. Uh, sometimes we do things. I think Hunter's been doing some stuff on Instagram sometimes. Uh, I did a little bit. I didn't for this last episode. Yeah. But I was late on the last episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> we sometimes do stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, we are probably most active on oh we aren't even active on letterboxd as a podcast okay uh we haven't posted anything in in several months not on the account on the account for the podcast specifically but if you follow us individually personally you can see all the nonsense that we get up to and or the uh complete lack of nonsense that uh specifically our missing member has gotten up to i keep trying to find it's not working they watched like uh the Lego Star Wars the thing movie thing like a month ago and hasn't seen anything since it's then. so sad. It is sad. Uh, yeah. Anyway. But it's fun. Uh, we're all having a grand old time. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we have a Patreon. If nope. we do, yeah, we don't. Okay. We don't like do things. We don't have lives. No, we, it's okay. Don't exist. It's we all right. are figments of your imagination. <laughs> I'm padding still. Uh, if you yep. want to leave us a comment or a review, do it. Do it. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look around. We'll look at it. It will uh, be fun. We'll uh, if we get desperate enough, we can just like start just, like reading reviews out on the podcast. And, I, I'd uh, do it even if I wasn't. Yeah, desperate. we would just hear what people think of us and get. Uh, <gasps> Whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Be hyped, because <gasps> next week it's the Dark Crystal, baby. Oh, Dark Crystal! We're all gonna have fun. We all we all love love us some some Henson. I like it. I, said I like that movie. Cool. It's, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, as we always say, well, at the end mm-hmm. of a podcast. Surprise! I didn't prep for this. Uh, um, back to the old days. Does Does this movie have? It does have good quotes. In it. Yeah, uh, it has, um... Like, to not be tied to this fucking couch. What would you like? To not be t- tied to this fucking couch. That's, that's, it's mm-hmm. a good time. I'm proverbially tied to this fucking couch by this microphone. Wow. That's not true. It's fine. Okay. I'm having a good time. Well, thank you all for joining us. <laughs> and you can come back, uh, and hang next week when mm-hmm. we talk about the Dark Crystal. Yes. And all nerd out about how much we like the bird puppets. Like all the puppets. Good puppets. Okay, bye. Bye. Chill. (laughs) Fun.